sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. And good afternoon. It's Fantasy Sports Today right here on Sports Grid. Craig Mish, Joe Pizzapia. We got you for the next two hours covering sports and covering a wild world of Major League Baseball with results, with fantasy implications, with some gambling as well. And, of course, trying to figure out if the Miami Marlins can continue their season next Tuesday. Hope you guys are having a great afternoon. Thanks for being with us for the next couple of hours. And we'll hope to inform and entertain along the way and uh, that's kind of where we'll start off this morning as we uh, bring in my co-host Joe Pizzapia. Joe uh, certainly at this point that's uh, sort of the story is to see if the Miami Marlins can field a team. Uh, I reported about a half hour ago that they have signed Logan Forsythe who is a established Major League Baseball player. He's not going to certainly move the needle for anyone but that's what they are looking for and I would suspect that there are going to be about a dozen players that are currently out of work that will be signed by the Marlins. And I would say, Joe, there are dozens with an S of players that are calling the Marlins saying, hey, sign me up, put me in, coach. Yeah, absolutely. This is the time for independent league baseball players to shine. This is their moment. Uh, the next Shane Falco is right around the corner for us. I'm telling you, the replacements are here, boys and girls. We're going to have it. Uh, but look, you know, this is what they're trying to do right now, and it makes sense. I understand it. Also, bringing in guys who weren't part of this organization earlier on, too, is a little safer in the sense of you would imagine they'd be okay in terms of testing positive for COVID. You would at least hope so. Uh, but yeah, this is a it continues to be an incredibly fluid situation. And I would say the last three days has made up for the last three months. So we were trying to search for what we could cover, what sort of information, and what sort of entertainment we could bring to you in the world of sports. Guess what? We have it for you now in spades for the next two hours. That's for sure. Yeah, and, and it's it's really amazing to think that I'm in the middle of this, and and certainly it's uh, it's an interesting ride to cover something like this before because uh, first of all, having a virus take over this country is something that's never done before, and then having one major league baseball team be involved so significantly in it for to be the Marlins was not something that I certainly expected. And I've covered baseball and I've covered stories and free agency and trades and all of those things through the years. Uh, and, and even covered tragic situations like when Jose Fernandez passed away. But, you know, this one is, is certainly approaching um, levels in terms of interest with that, just with the amount of, of people that want to know what happened. And that's kind of where we stand today mm -hmm. is uh, at least I am waiting for more of a public statement to come out uh, from the Marlins as they, I'm, I'm assuming, doing an internal investigation as to how this happened and why it happened, and, and even more so why the game was played on Sunday. I think some people would go back to want to know why that happened. Now, the good news from, uh, there's a couple of good pieces of news today to start off with before we get to the rest of Major League Baseball. Good piece of information, number one, is that the players who traveled to Atlanta with them that didn't make the 30-man squad that were sent back to their Jupiter alternate site all tested negative. So all of those players in Jupiter are going to be eligible, and in all likelihood there will be a lot of them that will be called up to play for the Miami Marlins next week. That's good piece of information number one. A good piece of information number two comes from Jeff Passan of ESPN, 
who says that for the second straight day, all of the Philadelphia Phillies have tested negative for COVID-19, which does tell us at this point, pretty simply, without being unequivocal about it, because I don't, you know, I don't like to do that. Things are all, there's always a shade of gray and black and white. But two days into this, maybe maybe we'll give it another day or two, and I'm sure they'll retest today. But Joe, two days into this, it would appear that the outbreak is isolated to one Major League Baseball team. At least that's on the appearance. I hate to go all the way in on that without days of results, but that's sort of where we're at here for the first couple of days. Yeah, and I think that's the question, too. What's the gestation period? How long is it? How long before other people potentially could show signs of it? But there's no denying that the first two days of testing being 100% negative is not only surprising, but outstanding news. I think we can all agree on that. I think Major League Baseball can hang its hat on that, too. And also kind of turns its face to the Marlins a little bit, too, and saying, what happened here? Where did it go wrong? And where did it go wrong so quickly, so rapidly? And I just feel like there might end up being more to the story as the week goes on. We'll find out here. Of course, I'm stuck in the middle with Craig in this. And it's it's more than a baseball story, Craig. This is a national story. And I think that is exactly you know, why all of a sudden you've been so popular in these last few weeks. And I'll tell you what, I hope for Major League Baseball's sake that the trend continues here with the Phillies. And as we welcome in our radio audience here on SportsGrid, that, that indeed is the question that has to be asked at this point. And, and for me, since this began due to the nature of the severity and some of the CDC regulations and everything else, uh, I listen, I love a good rumor. I, I love to get down and dirty with sports. I'll, I'll cover it all. I've had it all in the past and I'll have it in, I'll have it in the future. But the one thing with this is that it feels so precious and so important to be right. And when you're, uh, in, to me, when you're exposing players, you don't know potentially who they have told. And so that's what I was sort of fighting with in the first place is, boy, do I report these players that I know? Well, if I do, maybe they haven't told a family member at some point. Now, all of a sudden, right. they're getting bombarded with that. And if somebody wants to give clearance, and some players have, and I certainly commend them for it, and especially Freddie Freeman, who allowed it to come out mm-hmm. and, and I think awoken people to how serious this could potentially be. Absolutely. I would have hoped that more players would have allowed it. Now, they, they some are choosing not to. I don't know how I would be in that position, so I can't certainly speak for them. But there is no yeah, question at this point. Yeah, there is no question at this point that the tracing is going to have to be done because now it, it does appear to be only one outbreak in Major League Baseball, and it is with the Marlins. And so I'm on top of that. I'll be following it for you, and I'll continue to give that to you as well. But coming up next, we will go over some of the other things that are going on in Major League Baseball. We'll also dive into uh, this day in fantasy sports history. Also, we'll attempt to bring you back to uh, fantasy sports birthdays as well as we cover all of baseball and the developing story with the Miami Marlins. Happy to give it to you here on Sports Grade. I'm Craig Mish along with Joe Pizzapia. And we're back on Sports Grid right after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Yeah, 
Hey, welcome back. It's Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish along with Joe Pizzapia with you here on the show. We got you until 2 o'clock Eastern here on SportsGrid and SportsGrid.com. Of course, you can also watch our show over on YouTube. I don't know where you guys are watching this live, but appreciate all the love. Appreciate you watching us through and through as the beginning of the baseball season and the fantasy baseball season has certainly started and was in full swing, although for one club, unfortunately, it has hit the pause. Uh, just to give a quick update, and this is not coming from me. Uh, this is coming from uh, Ken Rosenthal of The Athletic. I can confirm it because it is true. Uh, one more uh, player on the Marlins did uh, test positive, so the number of their positive tests uh, is now more than 50% of the club. They are at 16 players and a couple of coaches. And so, uh, Joe, before we get back into the actual on-field baseball headlines, it's very clear to me at this point, I think it was clear yesterday, I don't think that one test is going to change anything, that the Marlins are going to be as close to non-competitive in 2020 uh, as possible. They'll have the uh, weakest big league roster for at least two or three weeks. And then the question becomes for the rest of the season, are they the only ones that this is going to happen to? And maybe so. Uh, or will there be another club? But essentially their 2020 season is now about just keeping people safe because I, I don't see how you can overcome losing 50% of your roster and having to play 10 or 15 games without them. No, you can't. And that's what made, you know, anyone looking at overs for any team always questionable. When we were talking about the beginning, heading into the season, you said, you know, be leery of any overs because one outbreak of COVID can change everything. And what do we get? Three game, games into the season. All of a sudden, here we are. And you're right. It's not going to be competitive. Now, look, it could be a great story. I mean, it's baseball, right? Anything can happen. You get replacement players in, you bring up the kids, all of a sudden this weird, bizarre hot streak where everything kind of breaks right. You win a few games and all of a sudden people look around and it ends up going from a completely negative story to a completely positive one. It could happen. It's unlikely. But uh, I think uh, the Major League Baseball's hope is certainly that this is the one lone isolated incident of this. And uh, I'm going to say this yesterday. I said it again today, and I'm going to say it once more here that I do believe this is kind of the wake-up call to everyone else of how fast this can go through. So anyone who had any other extracurricular activities in mind, anyone else who was looking for any other time away from a team or whatever that might be, I think you got to take a real hard look at this for every organization and every teammate of everyone and just how real this can get and how quickly it can happen. Yeah, uh, also uh, news coming from the NBA that all of their players uh, tested negative uh, for COVID. So 0% there. Of course, you're talking about 1,000 players versus 300. You're talking about 300 players in a bubble versus 1,000 that are traveling all over the road. Right. Again, apples and oranges conversation, but certainly good job by the NBA. They made the right call with that and also made the right call with eliminating some teams because they don't have to worry about as many players and uh, certainly made sense. And, uh, and hopefully will be a lot of fun as the NBA kicks off on Thursday. All right, let's go to some other headlines in fantasy sports from yesterday. We'll start off with the social distance brawl, which is what they're calling it today. The Los Angeles Dodgers and Houston Astros almost mix it up as Joe Kelly throws at uh, the Astros a couple different times and then sticks his tongue out saying, nah, 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 nah. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what happened yesterday on the field. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. homers for the first time in 2020. I think we expect big things from him for sure. Uh, I don't know how anybody could throw a pitcher in DFS against the Twins this year. They are just like they were last year, and they are clobbering the ball. Uh, another big game for them. They win and prove to 3-1 and one as Josh Donaldson hits another home run. Uh, Oliver Drake is the big fantasy sleeper save story of the season that, of course, nobody had. He picked up his second save, which is now the second most 
in Major League Baseball. Andrelton Simmons goes on the 10-day injured list for the Los Angeles Angels. And so David Fletcher, who is awesome and plays all over the field, can now play shortstop every day for the time being. And then uh, not a ton of NFL news. We're just sort of waiting for training camp to open in the next week or so as Aaron Rodgers uh, goes on a podcast and says that he kind of understands that his career may end not with the Packers, given the fact that they drafted Jordan Love, which, uh, you know, two plus two is four. I think we understand that at this point. (laughs) All right, so let's go, Joe. Let's start with baseball, and then we can uh, move on to football and some other things. Uh, The social distance brawl. One of my favorite occasions every year in high school, and everyone would get together and ask uh, someone uh, on a date to the social distance brawl. Oh, Brawl, not ball. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah, Joe Kelly's a real, uh, real tough guy, isn't it? Throwing at people, knowing that uh, under the rules of what's going on, that nobody's allowed to go after him. Uh, you gotta love when these middle relievers, especially you know pitchers, now nobody hits at all. There's no circumstances for them at all, and it's it's really easy to be a tough guy then. Uh, and I give Correa a lot of credit for actually not going over there and hitting him anyway. Um, but look, it's gonna get. Even more fireworks tonight, I would imagine, in this game. That's for sure. Uh, and we all knew this was coming at some point. So here you go. You had your moment where you're throwing at guys. And I just don't like when people throw at people's heads. You know, I, I just don't. Uh, I keep going to the same thing. I don't care if I'm a broken record with this. They were stealing signs. Everybody steals signs. The way they did it was wrong. They should not have been doing it the way they were doing it. They were told not to do it that way. They did it anyway. They got what they deserved, and unfortunately, uh, you know, for the teams like the Dodgers, when they look in and say, what if? And I get that. I understand they're pissed off about it. But at the end of the day, I mean, does this really solve anything? Does this does this make up for anything, Craig Mish, in your mind? If you go hit Alex Bregman or hit Carlos Correa or anybody on this team, do you really think that makes up for not winning the World Series at the end of the day? No, it doesn't make up for it, but if there is one team that's probably more upset than the rest, this would be the club. I mean, maybe the Yankees are there, too. But but look, the Dodgers do feel like they had the World Series stolen from them. If I'm not mistaken, it was a seven-game series. Mm-hmm. So I get it. There's no headhunting, and that should never happen. I agree with that in baseball. But if there is a team that's pissed, it's them. So, um, you know, every other team throwing at the Astros all season long, I think, is a little bit silly. And also, as you mentioned, <laughs> what I think is is that the time, if you were going to get even— and you were going to decide to get some revenge, get it next year, you know? Like, like getting your revenge this year against the team is sort of putting the entire league at risk, everybody getting close to one yeah. another, even though we haven't had those cases uh, so much with, uh, with L.A. and Houston. So, uh, look, guys are going to be guys. We've seen that before. And Joe Kelly will get a lot of elbow fives. I guess I don't give high fives anymore. So elbow fives in the dugout. But the reality is, is, is it almost accomplishes nothing uh, except for praying that nobody comes down with any sort of sickness from all those guys getting close together. So, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. That's for sure. No, it's, it's um, completely crazy. The twins, uh, the twins, the, by the, the twins way, too, also. at this point. Yeah. Yeah the, the, yeah, the twins, Joe, at this point, <clears throat> if I had money on any team going into the season, that would have been the one team that I felt that I'd feel a lot better about after seeing the first few games of the season. I, I haven't seen a, a pitcher stop them yet. No, they don't look stoppable at all. Uh, big start tonight for Rich Hill, too. Let's see what he's got uh, this time through the rotation. And uh, it's just the, that lineup doesn't quit. Starts with Kepler and goes all the way down. And it's just unbelievable how good they are. And they've gotten off to a good start, which is good. And, and the funny part is the Indians have gotten off to a start almost as good, too. And they're the only team that had every one of their starting pitchers so far. And you saw Savali last night be incredible. 
there you go. I mean, you got six innings from all five of your starters. Not one team of Major League Baseball can say that except the Indians so far. So all of a sudden, that American League Central looks pretty stout when you're and when you're looking at them. And I can't wait for these two teams to meet up because that's going to be some fun baseball. Yeah, I agree. And, and the pitching of the Indians versus the hitting of the of the Twins, that should be fun. And we'll get that coming up uh, pretty soon. Uh, real quick, let's end on Aaron Rodgers. And, and look, this is probably the most obvious thing in the world when they drafted Jordan Love last year. Uh, I do think Aaron Rodgers is 100% going to be their starter for better or for worse this year. But this could be it, Joe. This could be the last year of Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, which is crazy to think with all the quarterback changes going on in the NFL over the last 10, 20 years that they've only had two in the last two decades. Pretty amazing feat. Yeah, it's unbelievable the continuity they've been able to have there. It's staggering. Uh, it's something that other organizations would dream for. Uh, and, and look, it, it, this is not a surprise. I mean, Peyton Manning played somewhere else to finish his career. Tom Brady is playing somewhere else. Joe Montana, Johnny Unitas. The list goes on and on and on. It's rare that you get an Elway. It's rare that you get a Marino who plays their entire career with one team. Yeah, for sure. And great job. Regardless of what happens with their draft and regardless of maybe making picks that a lot of people didn't agree with with the Packers. They certainly have to be applauded for winning Super Bowls, picking the right quarterbacks, almost handling the Favre situation perfectly to get to Aaron Rodgers, and now handling the Aaron Rodgers situation, honestly, uh, perfectly to get to Jordan Love, with the exception of, I guess, Rodgers knows that he was in the same situation now that Favre was in when Rodgers was drafted, too. Almost similar, so kind of funny with that. All right, uh, we got to take a quick timeout for Dan Strafford. He's got the update coming up here in about two minutes from now. We'll come back, and we will touch on some things happening around the world of baseball. Hopefully get to wish happy birthday to some athletes in sports. You never know. It's Fantasy Sports Today. We're right back after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. It's a very good day to be defensive end Joey Bosa. According to Adam Schefter over at ESPN and confirmed by multiple other reports, Bosa and the LA Chargers agreed to $135 million deal. It'll keep Bosa in LA for the next six seasons. A mega deal for the defensive end. Bosa's deal includes $78 million in fully guaranteed money at signing, $102 million guaranteed. That's according to sources of Schefter and other reports out there in the media. And the most for defense a player in NFL history. The deal is the largest the Chargers have ever given out and is the first $100 million deal in the franchise according to ESPN stats and information research. In the NBA, Montrezl Harrell is still tending to a private matter and will not play in Thursday's opener against the Lakers. Lou Williams will still be in quarantine and the status of Patrick Beverly is still uncertain. So, the Clippers will be very short-handed going up against the Lakers in their bubble opener this week. According to Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, Houston Rockets guard Eric Gordon is feared to be lost for one to two weeks because of a left ankle injury suffered in a scrimmage on Tuesday. The Rockets are expected to have a clearer sense of Gordon's injury timeline once he's evaluated again on Wednesday. X-rays were, in fact, negative, according to coach Mike D'Antoni, but they do expect him to miss some time. In Major League Baseball today, it's Colorado Rockies at the Oakland A's. Herman Marquez against Frankie Montes. Arizona at Texas. Madison Bumgarner versus Lance Lynn. Max Scherzer takes on 
on rookie Nate Pearson as the Nationals visit Toronto. That game obviously on the road for the Toronto Blue Jays. Chicago at Cleveland. Lucas Giolito trying to rebound from a bad first start against Zach Plesak. Chicago at Cincinnati. Kyle Hendricks versus Sonny Gray. All of those considered day games or night games kick off with LA at Houston again. Dustin May against Christian Javier. That game should or could see some fireworks after Joe Kelly throwing seemingly at some of the stars including Alex Bregman and Carlos Correa of the Houston Astros. We also have Nathan Eovaldi against Jacob deGrom. That game Red Sox versus New York in Queens and closing out the night out in Los Angeles. It's the Seattle Mariners at the LA Angels. Justin Dunn versus Andrew Heaney. And in an obvious scheduling quirk because of the Miami Marlins season being suspended, the Yankees both have a postponed matchup and an actual matchup tonight, as do the Baltimore Orioles. So Philadelphia at New York, Miami at Baltimore, both postponed. But the Yankees will play the Orioles at 735. It's Garrett Cole versus Asher Wojciechowski. I'm Dan Straffer, and this has been your Sports Grid News Update. Thank you very much, Dan. And getting back to some baseball discussion, of course, we'll keep you updated on the latest in baseball. Uh, certainly, trades are coming down right now. It looks like a couple of very minor trades in baseball as well. And you wouldn't normally think that any of these would happen. But with all of the different situations going on in baseball, including a shortened season, including a team that needs players, these are the sort of things that can potentially happen. So we'll uh, keep you updated on that as well. Uh, before we get to the top pitching performances and, and preview uh, the later games today, uh, Joe, I got to tell you, that's one pitcher that I'm very excited to see for the Houston Astros is Christian Javier. Uh, that That's an oversight by me. That's one player that I really didn't know would have a factor at all in a 60-game season. He was probably outside of Kim for St. Louis, the most impressive pitcher that I saw. Uh, I think that Christian Javier has a chance to be a superstar, so I'm going to keep a close eye on this one today. The Astros are very fortunate that they keep just inserting these pitchers. They don't always work out, but they sure seem to have more hits than misses. Yeah, and that's the whole thing. It's, you know, they've got the guys like your Kuidi, you've got Forrest Whitley, you've got Josh James. You, you've got guys there. You're waiting for one of them to really hit that next level. I think McCullers is already that kind of guy. Uh, but looking forward to tonight, too, you got Nate Pearson making his debut. So if you are into prospects and young pitching, tonight is a good night of baseball for you. That is for damn sure. All right, we'll hear from Nate Pearson a little bit later on about his upcoming start. But first, let's go back. And look at last night's starts in Major League Baseball and review them. And we'll start off with the Arizona Diamondbacks. And a little bit unexpected, I would say, that Merrill Kelly right out of the box looks like a Cy Young Award winner. Talk to me after a couple of starts, Merrill, but really good start for sure. Seven and two-thirds, three hits, one earned run, and seven strikeouts for him. How about Alex Mills of the Cubs? Boy, who was talking about him before the season? That would be no one. Uh, Alex Mills, <laughs> six innings pitch, two hits, two earned runs. And three strikeouts. Mills is not a big strikeout pitcher, but if Javier Baez is going to hit two home runs every time he pitches, he's going to win a lot of games. That's for sure. Aaron Savali helping me out thus far. Uh, six innings pitch, seven hits, two earned runs, nine strikeouts. This is the third Indians pitcher that has had a nine strikeout game or more to start the season. And look, let's get credit, credit where it's due. Anything can happen in the month of April, and anything can happen in the month of July which is what we're seeing right now because the Detroit Tigers are over 500. And if you pounded their team win total and the, the under this season, you are shaking. They already have three wins. This is a team that's only supposed to win 15, 20 games. And their bullpen has been awesome. Six more shutout innings for them yesterday, including Joe Jimenez, who leads the majors in saves. Mm -hmm. Maybe this shouldn't be a huge surprise, Joe, because this time last year, 
a different Tiger was leading the league in saves than Shane Green. When you don't have a great offense and you don't score a lot of runs, it creates more save opportunities. And thus far, Joe Jimenez has made the most of it. Yeah, I think I have all of the shares of Joe Jimenez because I was somebody not paying for closers, and he was always there. Him, Kennedy, there were always these guys at the back of all these drafts that were basically free closers. And I said, well, you know, saves are saves at the end of the day. And more importantly, nobody was taking that job away from Jimenez. I didn't think no matter how bad he was that they were going to pull him from that job. It just behooved the organization to do that. And look, let's take the winning record right now with a great assault. They have played the Royals a bunch so far to start the year. So when they start playing the Indians and the Twins a lot, we'll see where that record goes. But for right now, you're right. Anything can happen in baseball. The Savali line is very impressive. And this is a guy that I had my eye on. I got to watch him pitch a few games last year uh, and start to finish. And I was really impressed with this guy as a pitcher. He's kind of a throwback in that sense. Good location guy. Makes the good pitch when he needs to. Those little finer points when you're looking at young pitchers nowadays, everyone just wants to light up the radar gun. But Savali has that fine-tuned skill set that I love when you watch a pitcher where he knows what pitch to throw, he knows how to get out, he knows where outs are in the lineup, and that is something when you see a young pitcher have that sort of acumen, it really jumps off the page to you, and even though the stuff might not jump off the page. And I'll tell you what, man, I am just shocked of how good the Cubs pitching has been out of the gate as well. Their pitching has been excellent so far. You know, granted, they've been facing a, a, lot, a Reds lineup the last few days without Moustakas in it, but look, you know, you can only face who they put in front of you. And all you can do is win the games that are right there. And the Cubs so far on the back of Javier Baez and the pitching of guys like Hendricks, who goes again tonight, Cubs have gotten off to a very good start as well. Craig, has that surprised you at all? Yeah, of course. I, I think the Cubs were looked at as more or less a 500 team. And, and I think that you, you can't really not overreact to some of these performances. I think that Alex Mills is a hot guy to pick up this week. I mean, really, anybody who is healthy in baseball – and is throwing six innings in a Major League Baseball game, I want. I mean, I think that that's evident at this point with the amount of pitchers that have gone down either to injury or COVID. If I see any Major League Baseball pitcher with a quality start on Sunday night when we're making our moves, I probably will try to get that player. Because if I don't need him now, I may need him in two weeks. And so that's a big part of the season that I didn't even consider two weeks ago, which is why fantasy baseball season long was just worthless this year. But I'm in it. I'm in it. We'll see what happens. <laughs> and Michaelis got hurt right. yesterday as well. Let's not lose that. Too, I did in terms see that. Of yeah. More pitchers being open. That's another guy, too, just to mention real quickly. Uh, again, the injuries are piling up. Just keep an eye on it because, like Craig is saying, a guy like Mills can be at least a short-term solution uh, for the next few weeks. I mean, the season's not that long anyway. Who knows? Maybe he's a longer-term solution. But uh, pitchers are dropping like flies, and you got to take notice of everybody, even guys you really don't have familiarity with like Alec Mills. Yeah, you have to pick up whoever's healthy. I think that's part mm-hmm. of it. All right, let's go over some top-hitting performances from last night. I'm sure that I missed a couple because I always do. So you can hit me up at Craig Mish on Twitter and tell me, Craig, why don't you mention this guy? Happens every day. Cool, <laughs> fine. Javier Baez, as Joe mentioned, hit two home runs. He drove in three runs, and so now he's hot out of the gate. Basically, anybody that has two home runs at this point is sort of hot out of the gate. Uh, good to see Fernando Tatis hit a home run yesterday. He also drove in three runs off that home run as well. Francisco Lindor, one of my favorite players in the game. Two more hits yesterday, a home run, two runs driven in. And the Chicago White Sox, the poor White Sox, boy, they can hit, but they can't pitch at all. I don't know what that's that's a surprise too for me going in so far, uh, a week into the season. Hopefully that thing gets cleared up. Uh, but Tim Anderson, three hits, three runs, a run driven in. And as you know, Joe, Tim Anderson led the league in hitting last year. And so it shouldn't come as any surprise that this is one of the elite players in all of baseball and arguably one of the top players at his position. 
Yeah, absolutely. Look, this is a really good uh, grouping. I would add Whit Merrifield to this list. Uh, last night had himself a home run, had a few hits as well. So uh, that I would certainly uh, put on to the best hitting performances of last night. But Baez, definitely the standout with the two bombs. Uh, there's no way around that. But uh, you mentioned the White Sox pitching so far. Tonight's a huge start. As as much as we don't want to put too much on early in the season, it's a big start for Lucas Giolito. First start was not good. Tonight, he's got an opportunity to take the ball again and kind of stop the bleeding of this pitching staff because, let's be honest right now, the White Sox need that, and that's what aces do. And if you're going to be the ace of a rotation, it's moments like this where you have to step up after a bad start. Yeah, it's amazing. You can go into a season thinking that you've done everything right and you've added this pitching, and you could think that your young starters are going to get to the next level. And and here the White Sox are with Dylan Cease and Michael Kopech and Reynaldo Lopez and Lucas Giolito. And a week into the season, it looks like they got nothing right. Which, again, if it was one week out of 162, I don't think that anybody would have a problem with that. But you only have 50 games left. So right. uh, White Sox got to get that figured out pretty quickly. And they got to get it, I would say, fixed like right now. They start off the season 2-7 and seven or 1-7. and seven. That's not the way that the postseason, even with 16 teams, that's for sure. Well, as Joe and I have mentioned, the Twins are again off to a really hot start. And what's really impressive with them in particular is they have so many players on different nights hitting home runs. One night it is Kepler opening day hitting two. You have Nelson Cruz the next two days hitting three home runs, driving in seven. And then last night it was Josh Donaldson, the prize free agent that they signed in the offseason. And Donaldson after the game talked about how all the preparation that the Twins have had is starting to really pay off. I think at the end of the day we have to, you know, make – make the best of the situation and you have to try to create a positive environment and you know our, our guys are showing up having a lot of energy still and uh we're trying to create that environment in our dugout on the field and in our preparation as well and i think that with the twins joe getting donaldson in particular was a surprise to a lot of people people thought maybe he would go back to atlanta maybe go to texas or go somewhere else but it was a curious move from someone that it just very much appeared to be chasing a ring, as he should, getting later on in his career. And he was paid very well uh, for that. The general manager of the Atlanta Braves, Alex Anthopoulos, basically in the offseason in interviews applauded the Twins for doing what they did because he said he thought they offered him a lot of money too. But the Twins just went above and beyond, which probably should have told a lot of people that the Twins were in it to win it. But it is clear that they have the best offense in baseball. I I can't argue that at this point with the amount of home runs that they hit. We'll see what they do in the next 30 days with the pitching. Because if the Twins get off to this 20-10 and run or something like that, Joe, I think they got to go all in. Well, look, if you're going to get good starts out of Homer Bailey, Rich Hill, Kenta Maeda, if those guys show up and give you quality starts, there's no way you can't think that the Twins are going to be a, a favorite and right in this with the Yankees and the Indians and any other team that you think in the American League, the Astros, that you think really has an opportunity, especially now with that Verlander injury to the Astros. I think all of a sudden the American League got a little bit more wide open than it was a week ago. And the Minnesota Twins lineup does not quit. You're absolutely right. And we said it when they acquired him. My goodness, talk about the rich getting richer. But the problem was the pitching staff. That was the problem. When you get in a short series and you're throwing guys out there that were Uber drivers the week before, that's not going to work out. You need some guys who have a little bit of you know veteran savvy who can go out there and give you six innings. And can they do that? That's going to determine the long-term success of the Twins. I have no doubt they're going to be a playoff team. It's what they do when they get to the playoffs that's going to be fascinating to watch. And I think this year they happen to be positioned much better for that. 
Yeah, if I was going to overreact to anything at the start of the season and someone said to me, hey, after watching one week of baseball, if if you were over on the FanDuel Sportsbook and you had $10, what team would you put it on? It would be the Twins. That would that would be the. I would take that shot because knowing the way that they do business and knowing the way that uh, Bad Levine, Derek Falvey, the executives there, knowing the way they do their business, I think that they're going to acquire players, and I and I think that they are going to try and and make it now, and and I think that Joe, you illustrated a couple of good reasons. Houston being one of them, they feel like they're at a loss with pitching, and simply put, right now. For now, the Twins have a very healthy team. They have everybody on the field. And to bolster their starting pitching, and they did bolster it last year also, and the relief when they got uh, Sergio Romo, we'll see if they continue on this hot streak. But not everybody is hot. Some guys are cold. We'll have that next here on Sports Grid. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today here on Sports Grid. Craig Mish, Joe Pizapia. Make sure you follow us at Sports Grid on Twitter and head on over to sportsgrid.com. You can learn the latest of all of our shows here that we broadcast 24 7 fantasy, gambling, reality, uh, Netflix. We talk about it all here, and we have for the last four months. But a lot of our focus now is, of course, on Major League Baseball with their season starting up. Our focus on Thursday will shift over a little bit every day toward, of course, the NBA. And later on in the week, we'll also have a NASCAR preview for this weekend. We're not giving up on NASCAR anytime soon. That's been fun to watch as they continue. And so Matt Sells will join us on the show as well. Uh, Joe, it is uh, it is butterflies. It is rainbows. It is all good news for a lot of Major League Baseball players. But on the flip side, there are some players that I'm guessing a lot of people drafted in the first two rounds that are probably in full panic mode. And so I thought that it would be a good exercise to do two things. The first is to say that if you're panicking over the performances of some of these players, in a normal 162-game season, I would say you got to chill. But because it's a 60-game season, I would say you may have to chill because if this continues another week, then it's a full-on slump, and a slump over a 60-game season is a lot different than it is over 162. You're right. And uh, even more to the fact, some of these guys are talking about not only first round talents, but how about top three overall talents that we're going to be talking about? So this is not just, uh, oh, somebody you thought would be good. No, this was the anchor of your team. A couple of these guys here on the top of the list. And uh, you're not wrong. There's definitely uh, an opening here to overreact or at least to realize that there's only so much time for players to turn things around and show their value. But I think we'll take them one at a time here and try to, uh, you know, maybe maybe show a little bit of restraint as we're evaluating some of the best talent in baseball who haven't necessarily gotten off to the best few days here. Let's put it at that. Yep. And we'll start off with something that we talked about last week here on the show. And this is why it's very important to be in tune with what's happening with the reporters in Major League Baseball with the lack of access that we all have this year. The, the people who are there are the ones that are seeing the at-bats. 
And the slump that Christian Yelich was in during the summer camp has absolutely carried over to the regular season. He has one hit in 22 at-bats, and he's batting 0-45, and so we'll keep a close eye on him for sure. Ronald Acuna Jr. came out of the box just swinging at everything, and the strikeouts have just piled up. He was just trying to do way too much, and my guess is he will settle in at some point. But first overall, second overall pick, hitting a buck 43, three for 21. Adalberto Mondesi with the Royals doing so well and hitting the ball so well. What in the world? This guy hasn't done anything yet. Two for 21, 095, and then you see that big zero with the stolen bases. Boy, like you would you would have thought at this point. Uh, he'd average a stolen base a week, and we're not quite there yet for Mondesi. And Pete Alonso of the New York Mets is just two for 20 out of the box. I would guess that we will see a little bit of a rebound from him. But, uh, Joe, I guess you could sort of tell me who you have concerns about, who you don't. I, I would say that probably my concern level, I'll go one through four here, is uh, is high on Christian Yelich. I would say it is not on Ronald Acuna. I would say it is on Mondesi just for the fact that stolen bases is, is basically the reason why you have this guy. And for Pete Alonso, I'm probably not worried at all. I think it's just a few days. Yeah, I, I'm kind of close with you on some of them. Maybe I'm not quite where you are with Yelich. Uh, one of the two for Pete Alonso was a ball that was just absolutely one of the hardest hit balls I've ever seen in my life. Uh, that went over the Green Monster, got out of Fenway Park two nights ago, so damn quick. So that's a good sense. So uh, that's a different kind. You know, sometimes two for twenty looks very different when you're watching as opposed to the tons of strikeouts, which is what Acuna has. And that's where you get a little concern, where guys are just not picking up the ball properly. You got twelve strikeouts for Acuna. To me, that's kind of the red flag. Like something's off here. We need to figure out what's going on because it's not that he's just hitting into outs. He ain't hitting period. He ain't getting on base. And same thing with Mondesi. You know, Mondesi, you can't steal first. So if you can't get on first, it's very difficult to get the stolen bases. And that, of course, hurts his value. That is the reason you have Mondesi. And I think all four of these guys are obviously much better than they've gotten off to the start. And I would say this, if I have an opportunity to trade and buy low on any and all four of these guys, I would do so because, I mean, look, anybody who's hitting zero something or one something that never lasts in Major League Baseball. We've had bad weeks. We have bad weeks all the time. Now, I understand what Craig is saying about, you know, the beat reporters and, you know, Craig likes to make sure that he takes care of his people there. So uh, if Christian Yelich is indeed not right, quote unquote, it would seem off from the Christian Yelich interview that we had here on the show earlier this week where he seemed after he did have that one really good game. Pretty laissez-faire about everything, making jokes, doing all these things, talking about Bob Euchre, talking about all these things. Hey, look, I'm doing my best Euchre. He doesn't seem worried. And if Christian Yelich isn't worried, then I'm not going to be worried either. Look, we're talking about Yelich, Acuna. These are two guys that were uh, in the running for number one overall pick. And when you're in the running for number one overall pick, you are stuck. You're not going to get a value back in a trade probably for these guys if you're trying to sell them off at anything less than top dollar value. And maybe someone will give you top dollar value, and I would consider even still with that, holding on to them if I were the owners there. So what is it about the Yelich stat line in particular for you or maybe the buzz that you've heard from the Milwaukee guys that changes your opinion? Because I'm not worried about any of these guys, but the Acuna 12 strikeouts to me is a guy who's just not right right now. That's that's my biggest thing when you're making those kind of outs as opposed to hitting the ball and, and making outs that way. That's a little bit different for me. Yeah, I, I think my biggest concern is Yelich because I'm a reporter and as a reporter, when you're there every day and you see things, you got to be taken a lot more seriously. And in this particular case, that's why I would take uh, 
you know, Yelich a lot more seriously. They're, you know, the reporters are there. They see the at-bats. And there's no way that a player is ever going to tell you that they're not ready for the season or they're not feeling good. And I'm, I'm not watching every – I've seen a couple of Yelich's at-bat. I actually saw the home run that he hit right at the, at the beginning of the, the, the first game of the season or second game of the season and thought, oh, maybe it was about nothing. But clearly there is something there. And, and what I would say is that there's probably a very good chance that Yelich will go on an absolute tear at some point this season. But Jose Ramirez went on a tear last year, too, and derailed you for the first half of the season, and we only have two months. So if Yelich has a good month and a bad month, then no way does he come close to the value that you thought that you were drafting him back in uh, February, March, or maybe even again. Now, that being said, he could hit two home runs tonight, and he could hit three home runs tomorrow, and then this will all change, and it will be a discussion for another day. But that was my concern, and it still is a concern until some somebody is proven wrong, because certainly the people who are watching it every day, and I'm not, they're there watching every swing that this guy has in camp and doesn't look good. That gave me some pause, and it made me think that something up. In terms of Acuna, I have seen all the Braves games, and, and, and it does look like Acuna is just trying to hit a home run every time. So this is a matter of someone has to get with him at some point and say, hey, you know, go back to who you were. And, and, and mm-hmm. I think that that'll get changed pretty quickly. Uh, with Mondesi in particular, I, I got to be honest with you, like the, the stolen base guys going into the season back in February or March made some sense. <laughs> it was really foolish to go that route in the last two Agreed. weeks if you had a draft. Like that, that was just a, an epic mistake on somebody's part. I mean, Tommy Pham is stealing bases. He's the one guy right now that, He's got the edge on the title, I guess, if you want yeah, to say. Yeah, but a, Tommy Pham is also a guy that's going to give you, you power, and, and I think you know what kind of hitter Tommy Pham is. You know, Mondesi is another one of these guys who, like, there's a lot of deeper stats that don't love Mondesi, and a lot of people will point that out to you in the fantasy industry, whereas Tommy Pham, I think you kind of knew – you know, the extent of what kind of overall player you were getting with fam. So he was a better investment with, I think, far less risk than a guy like Mondesi and far less upside too. let's be honest. Like Mondesi is a guy who can win you a week on his own in stolen paces, whereas Tommy Pham is more of a contributor over a season. I think that's part of it, but uh, there's no doubt about it. I think when you're looking at Mondesi right now, there's there should be some concern because if you can't get on base, you can't do that one thing that I drafted you for in my league. And that is a big problem. And, you know, I think for Acuna, too, let's also not lose sight of some of the pitchers he's faced, too. When you're facing guys like Tyler Glass now, you know, you're facing Mm -hmm. guys like Charlie Morton. I mean, it could be a rough day at the office over there. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that that also is something that has to be looked into, too, when you look at uh, some guys struggling. There's no question that the the opponent is always going to be a big factor. And you talk about opponents. Nobody has a bigger task at hand to make their first start in their big league career than Nate Pearson of the Toronto Blue Jays. And let's think this through here a minute, Joe. Nate Pearson is going to make his major league debut, if I'm not mistaken, in a home game on the road, (laughs) in a home game on the road in Washington, and is going against, oh, Max Scherzer. No big deal. Here's a look at Nate Pearson's numbers from last year in the minors, who we're all very excited about for a lot of reasons. I think most people are, are excited just on a real surface level is that he, he's probably going to be throwing over 100 miles an hour all game long. And that's not something that you see very often, but that's who he is. And that at least for now, that's who he is. 
119 strikeouts and 101 innings pitched, you would say, well, if he throws 100, why is he only, you know, about a strikeout per inning? Well, he also has some really good secondary pitches that gets him that gets him out and doesn't look to strike everybody out. He's pretty seasoned in terms of a rookie. But, Joe, I have to say that of all the adversity that you got to go through, and certainly players have to go through it, uh, it, it's interesting that Pearson is going to have to make his debut, doesn't have any fans, doesn't have his parents there. I know parents are a big yeah. deal making their major league debut, and better yet, can't even play in Toronto. No, no, but he'll have that moment eventually, hopefully next year. This is a guy that I had my eye on, you know, way back in February, March of, you know, if you're going to make an investment in a rookie pitcher, this guy made all the sense in the world because at some point in time, you had to imagine over the 162, there was going to be the need. The question is, how far did you want to push him? You saw only 100 innings last year at the AAA level and uh, look, 119 strikeouts. So that's more than a K per nine. So that's a pretty good rate right there. I'll take that any day of the week. This guy does miss bats. This guy is a little bit more polished than people realize. And now that you take away all the limitations potentially of a long season, all the worries about innings limits and things of that nature, you can let this kid go out there and just be him. Now I don't know how far he's going to go into this game and facing Max Scherzer. I mean, geez, that is a tough first assignment. There's no way you're facing the defending world series champions and Max Scherzer and you're in Buffalo. <laughs> There's crazy stuff right there. There's no doubt about that, but I'll say this for the kid. Like I'm excited to watch him regardless I think the world of this guy, if for some reason he is available on your waiver wire or he was not drafted, run and pick him up. No matter what happens today, shrug it off. This kid has all the talent in the world, and I think he can contribute and help this Blue Jay staff for sure. Yeah, and Pearson talked to the media yesterday about making his debut in these weird circumstances of a home game on the road. You know, it actually reminds me of my time in uh, in high A in uh, 2019 when we were sharing what we had. We were playing at Jack Russell Stadium while they were renovating the spring training facility. And so we were playing on the road, but wearing our home jerseys in like Daytona and in, uh, in the Philly Stadium. So I'm, I've kind of had experience of wearing uh, home jerseys in a visiting ballpark before. So I kind of just thought about that as soon as I heard I was going to be uh starting the home opener in dc so it's pretty uh pretty cool to think about all right so fire up nate pearson he's already used to it he did it in single a same thing Ain't no thing, man. Nate Pierce is ready to go. Look, this this is good, man. This is good for baseball. Let's get to see some of these young kids. If that's the one thing we take out of this wacky Major League Baseball season is we get to at least see the Nate Pearsons of the world, some of these guys that you're going to see who are coming up in the next few weeks. You're going to get to see some of the best young talent in baseball, and you might see them sooner than you would have normally in the extent of a regular season. So I think we could take away a positive from that. And as a baseball nerd myself, I know I'm looking forward to it. I am too. All right, coming up next, there is a there are a host of games tonight. They've rescheduled baseball a little bit to have the Yankees play against the Orioles, and a lot of fun things are happening aside from some of the unfortunate. And I know a lot of you have accounts over at FanDuel on DFS. We're going to tell you who to play tonight in your lineup when SportsGrid here on Fantasy Sports Today returns. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
Welcome back. It's Fantasy Sports Today right here on Sports Grid. Craig Mish, Joe Pizzapia back with you here on the show. We got a full update with everything coming up at the top of the hour as we'll recap the latest in Major League Baseball and go over everything that's happening in sports. But first, let me turn this over to uh, Joe Pizzapia because he, of course, is uh, very into playing DFS on FanDuel and has five minutes to log on to the site, which I don't. So, uh, Joe, (laughs) take it away and and tell us who to play. All right. You got it, Craig. So tonight, uh, obviously, with the slate, uh, looking at it, you've got Garrett Cole back on. You've also got DeGrom and Scherzer. But I think Garrett Cole, if you're going to spend up for the cash arm, is the way to go. He looks so polished, so good in that first start. He looked most ready of anybody. And if you're going to make a big-time investment, I would go that route. It's just a fantastic matchup, too. That being said, I'd also go with the big bat and just pay up for Yankees all the way across the board with Stanton. He's just 3.8, which is actually really good. Glaber Torres at 3.2, also really good in that stack together with the Yankees. If you want to stack that game, Asher, watch how is going to give up home runs. That's what he does best. Also, good value here. J.D. Davis, 2.2K on the board. Uh, look, good matchup here against Eovaldi. Uh, J.D. Davis kind of flying under the radar, but you're going to need somebody like that in order to pay up for Garrett Cole. And if you're looking for a GPP arm tonight, I'm going to go back down one more time of that well with the Brewers and try again with Brandon Woodruff against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, again, last night was frustrating with Lindblom, but I think we go back to Brandon Woodruff here. Uh, I think there's a real opportunity for a good amount of innings and a good amount of strikeouts as well. But short story, pay up for Yankees. Look for Woodruff if you're trying to get a little different in GPP and use J.D. Davis in your lineup to try to get some of those big bats and big arms you're looking for. All right, so there you have it. There is your FanDuel DFS, I would say, top plays of the day. For those of you who are considering it, head on over to the FanDuel Sportsbook. We certainly love them and love going over the odds as well, which is what we're going to do coming up in hour number two. We'll take a look at a couple of the marquee games of the day over at the FanDuel Sportsbook and potentially give you some tips on what to do today. We actually have games starting in a couple hours from now, so looking forward to watching some baseball if I can get to a TV this afternoon. All right, uh, we got to take a timeout for the top of the hour. we got another hour to go right here on Fantasy Sports Today. I hope you will stay with us. If you're not and you're leaving us, thank you for watching the first hour of the show. You can always catch the second hour of the program on demand. We'll be back with more Fantasy Sports Today right here on SportsGrid at SportsGrid.com. In two minutes, where are you going? Stay here. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 